Welcome to episode four of Going Blind Sucks. I'm your host, Destin Diodato, and with me, as always, is my co-host and sound engineer, Joy Masters. Hi. And wife. Yes. That is the, the perhaps your most important important title. Thank you. Uh, all right. So the uh, topic this week, uh, I've been calling uh, 52, uh, which is the age at which uh, my eye doctor had said I would probably go to all black. Uh, it had been 55 for a little while. In, uh, in your mind. In my mind. Uh, until Joy pointed it out uh, on air uh, in episode one that it was actually 52. I'm uh, sorry. No, it's, you know, uh, just took three years of vision away from me, but that's fine. I didn't. That's what he said. No, I know. I know. I'm kidding. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. I, I, I didn't realize until afterwards the impact that had on you. Yeah, um, because when, three years is a lot of years. Uh, well, when they're when the years in between are getting shorter. Yeah. And then I just cut off another three. It, it makes it unpleasant. Um, yes. So yes. Uh, at one of the one of the jerk things about RP is that they don't tell you anything about it at all, really. Um, in terms of progression, in terms of extent, it's one of those things. I mean, for some people, they know if they have a specific kind. Um, you know, a variation on that basic retina being a jerk idea. There's certain people who know it's definitely, they're definitely going to go blind or they're definitely going to lose their hearing if they have, I think it's Stargards or whatever, or Usher, uh, whatever, that, I don't know that yeah. one. Um, but for your average RP Joe, um, <laughs> it, uh, it, you know, it could progress to any point. But for some reason, we pushed my doctor to say 52. And... It's one of those things, and I've talked about it a little bit on here in the past, where you feel like that's the day you're going to die. You know, everything about complete vision loss for a person who still has it feels like you won't be you anymore. You know, you won't be able to live. Like every, It's sort of that that sense of, you know, when people always say, like, well, I wouldn't want to live forever because your body deteriorates at a certain point right and then it's like what are you living what are you just sitting around and pooping <laughs> you know because <laughs> uh, no but i mean at, at a certain point you get to the age where you're like moving around sucks so you just sit around and you know you're play cards and, yeah yeah uh and you don't want to live anymore and um that's not to say that i necessarily want to die at 52 but it's a type it, but of it death. feels like yeah, it's a, it yeah. feels like death, and and it it it's one of those things where you keep trying to not think about it, but you can't help but think about it a little bit, you know. Of course, I mean, no one would ever think that you should not think about this. This is this is huge, and I I can only imagine what you're going through. And I live with you, so I think next to you, I'm one of the people that could know. And I still don't know what it's like, even the thought of it. Yeah. it. yeah. Yeah. No, but it, but it's because it, that, but I mean, that's the thing because it's, you don't know if it's coming. Like you don't know if you're going to go to black ever. Right. You know, you, you might not. Right. Um, but it's a possibility and you know, there's out there and it might be sooner or it might be later. It might be whenever, but so you could not think about it. You know, you could just say, well, I'm not going to be that person. I'm going to have faith that I'm going to be one of those people that beats it. And 
you know, statistically, I have a better chance of not going to black than I do of going to black. So, you know, it, but I, I, I joined a, an, an RP list recently. There's a, like an email list of people who it, sort of support groupie, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, you know, I was like, okay, that this will help me because then I'll hear other people going through it or whatever. Uh, and as I saw the the postings or whatever from people, uh, most of them seemed older than me and not as progressed as I was. And that really fucked with my head like something awful because I was like, oh, these people have been on a support group for a while and they're not even that far along. And here I am at my age, you know, and, and I'm worse off than they are. Like what, what is going to like, was 52 optimistic? Cause I've already said that that doctor, um, retired a year later from dementia. Maybe he was, you know, maybe in his good years, he would have said 42. But he said 52 arbitrarily. What he did was asked you your age and added 30 years. You were 32 at the time. And now he's like, okay, uh, 52. I mean, it was definitely an arbitrary guess pull out, pulled out of his butt, his demented little butt. Right. So but, he needed to, but he needed to know my age in order to, in order to do any sort of math. He couldn't it have just... That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. He didn't say, oh, in 30 years. He just said, oh, that seems about right. Like sometimes when you ask someone, how long will you be? And they're like, what time is it? Okay, I'll, I'll be done by 10 after. Mm-hmm. You know, something like that. It's sort of like he, it was arbitrary. And maybe it was, I, I'm sure it was based on some sort of knowledge and some sort of experience, but it was also pretty arbitrary. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I like to think that you're saying what you're saying is true because it's better. Yeah. Um. I'm honestly, I am happy to be in delusion land and think that you are never going to go completely black. Okay. Insight. You know what I mean? The yeah. other way. Yeah. No, I got you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I just want to be clear that I wasn't being racist. Okay. Well, no, I mean, it would be weird if I changed my race midway through my yes, life. Yes, but I would love you just the same. No, I, I mean, I, I pre- but I'd be famous. You would be famous, yeah. I'd be really famous. I'd and be the first person to ever do that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no, that's... <laughs> I didn't mean to... Um, anyway, so I, I believe you're never going to go completely black. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's one of those things that I know for me has changed the way I plan my life. And it's put so much more pressure on everything that I do. Because, you know, as... Because the, the math changes, you know? When you feel as though you know that you're going to die at a specific time, you you plan things differently. So... But it, but it's not the same way as if, like, you know, you thought you had some sort of, like, disease that was going to kill you in a year. Then you go, okay, well, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to go jump off volcanoes and stuff like that because, you know, or I'm going to be dead. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, and this is going to be a slightly weird, but in, in the tarot card deck, the death card doesn't usually mean someone's going to die or someone's going to die. It just means a change and usually a big change because it's, it's the end or the death of things that as you used to know it. So this is, even though it's not a actual life death, but it is a huge change. And it, it, and it's, you're going to be living life differently at that point. Yeah. So I, I just, I just want you to realize that your feelings of, of this being like a death 
is is valid. Well, thank you. And I don't want you to feel like you're making a bigger deal out of something than you should, because mm. this is huge. Yeah. If you ask anybody if they'd rather go blind or deaf, 90%, probably more than that, will say deaf. Right. So. And I got the other one. Um, yeah, uh, but it's created a situation where, like at work, because um, I'm working uh, at essentially a startup, and with startups, you never know if it's going to really succeed. You know, you're hoping. And when I when I first went there, it was like, okay, well, I'll take a chance, and I'll and I'll, you know, if it doesn't work out, I'll I'll just go do something else. Uh, but now. It's got that sense of like, this has to work. I can't be wrong. Everybody else there can be wrong because they can go do a different job. But for me, how long is it before people are going to know? You know, how long can I hide it from an employer that I can't see so good? You know, and how much money do I need to earn between now and 52 in order to be able to live after 52 because there's going to, I'm going to hit that point where, you know, I'm going to need to have saved stuff up because I can't work. I can't do anything. Um, and I had always pictured when I was younger that I'd be able to, because the fifties are like the best time at work for your average person. The fifties at work rock because in your twenties, you're doing shit stuff, but you don't care, you know, because it's like, I'm I'm working and I'm making money and I can afford to go to the movies and <laughs> and you know maybe like in your 30s you're like I'm gonna pay for my own vacation I'm talking about city folk here if you're in the country back everything up 10 years uh, because people who live in the suburbs do things sooner um, <laughs> if you're uh, uh, if you're the city folk uh, which I'm assuming most people are PR because it's harder to get around uh, in non cities mm-hmm. anyway. Um, in your 20s, you're just happy to be working. In your 30s, like, I can pay for my own vacation. I can go off and, you know, maybe think about a house and whatever. Um, in, and then in your 40s, you're like, all right, I'm moving my way up in my career. Um, and once you hit your 50s, then you're like, all right, I'm, you know, I'm in a really good position in my career. I can not work nearly as hard as I did when I was in my 20s, 30s, and 40s. Uh, I have most of my mortgage paid off. Yeah. That kind of thing. Uh, I manage people now. I can take time off to go play golf or do whatever, um, you know, and that rocks. That's an ex- and and I make more than I ever did um, because I manage people and and, and you put in the time and I put in the time. Um, now I find out that I don't get fifties. You know, by the time I hit fifties, I'm done with work. Um, as far as I can understand it, I don't know how I would do it. Maybe you know. Um, you know, maybe I'll be a, a DJ somewhere or an operator. Um, and I'll just say, yes, let me direct your call. And then I'll have somebody else direct it because I don't know what I would do to direct. The first call. of all, first of all, yeah. Um, you had mentioned it's only a matter of time before everybody finds out all your, your clients, vendors you work with, all that kind of thing. Yeah. Is it a big deal if they find out? Yes. I work in a visual medium. But they cannot not hire you because of your eyes. That is not true. They cannot fire me because of my eyes. They cannot hire me for any reason that they want. Hmm. Well. 
that's the i mean because that's the thing like yeah i mean yes there are things about like you know handicapped people or whatever but like um you can't if you're in a wheelchair you can't apply for a job climbing telephone poles and then say why didn't you give me that job because i'm in a wheelchair hold on that's because people in a wheelchair can't actually climb a telephone pole you can actually do your job it depends on what the job is i don't specifically have a skill right now that i'm aware of that doesn't involve seeing so maybe there are things out there that i will eventually learn but as of right now every job that i would be willing would apply for would involve a certain amount of vision um that that is immediately in front of me that qualifies that goes on with my skill set so i need to beat that once i have that job then i can go oh yeah by the way um you know deal with this yeah but you can still do that job right now so any job you get right now or in the next five years let's say you can still do you still have the eyesight that you can do those jobs right but it but it is that sense of i only let's say you're right five years okay i only have another five years to find a home to be right to to pick that job that i'm going to be in until i stop working you know and especially working at a startup there's that extra added thing of if i spend three more years here and the company goes under well that was three years i could have been getting a job you know now, if the company takes off and it's wonderful, then great. Then now I have a home forever and it doesn't matter that I'll lose my vision because I'll just figure out some other way to do it because, you know, uh, I'm a significant part of the company or whatever. But as it stands right now, every moment that I spend not doing that thing that I'm going to ultimately end up doing seems like a waste of time because... Because I don't, I don't know how I would... Con- I knew, for me, I wouldn't hire a person who couldn't see. Even if you saw their body of work and knew that they could do the job well. Yeah. Because, because how much longer would they be able to do the job? I could never get rid of them. That's, the, that's part of the problem, is that it's not only about the person hiring you, but if they find out, like, if they find out before you before they hire you they know that they can't fire you because of it because of all that you know lawsuits and stuff like that so if i knew going into it that a person yet had done a good job before but couldn't see so well i probably wouldn't hire them i don't need that in my life because you see them as a potential liability yeah it's dangerous and i I mean it's corporate culture and i get it and it's not right and i'm not saying that that my impulse I mean, I'm I'm one of those people, so I get that it's hypocritical for me to say that I wouldn't hire me, <laughs> but uh, but I probably wouldn't, you know. So I don't understand how anybody else would. Okay. So I mean, that's I mean that that's why there's that sense of like the clock has been sped up to such a degree that you don't like I just don't every every decision has so much more pressure on it, you know, like. You know, I mean, we've talked about the potential of, you know, having kids one day. And, you know, for me, there's that clock there that says, like, you know, if I wait too long, maybe I won't be able to see them. You know, and 
that's upsetting. And yes, people do it. You know, um, mm-hmm. plenty of people do it. Tons. But it doesn't mean that it doesn't greatly affect the decision. And the fact that it's hereditary. Right. I know. So it's like, it's not even just a matter of it affecting your daily whatever, but it's a matter of affecting it, it beating this clock that's just out there haunting you, you know? And, and trying to live in that world of like, in order to live today, I have to deny the fact that what's going on. You know, in order to get through a particular day, I need to feel as though I'm not different and I'm not blind or, you know, legally mm-hmm. blind or whatever. Yeah. I, ne- I need to just put that out of my head uh, so that I can, I can operate. But it's always back there because it's affected by everything, you know, like I, I can't be wrong i can't take the wrong job i can't go down the wrong i can't take the same risks that i thought i could so what do you do then i mean when you're not putting it to the back of your mind so that you can get through your day-to-day activities and things that you need to do what do you do when when you, you when when you think about it well when you think about it, and when you think about what you have to do for the future I freak out, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I get very tense. I get very worried. I think about, I, I get mad. Uh, and I start questioning all of the decisions that I made so far, you know, I loved a job working at a really super big company. Right before I found out. <laughs> it was uh, interesting like a month. timing. Um, and, you know, I don't know. I, I, I just keep trying to push it back in a way and pretend like it's not a thing. Because that's better. And for me, because I've been using the cane more, it's harder to do that. Because it's right there in front of you. Yeah. You know, before I was using the cane, it was easier for me to just be like, well, it's not gonna, it's not getting that bad. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's probably plateaued. It's not that bad. But once I started using the cane, it had that sense of like, I'm already at cane. And three years ago, I didn't even know I had this thing. So where am I going to be three years from now? Could be the same place. Could be, but I don't know. And that's, like I said, that's the dick thing about RP. <laughs> Is that it's like, hey, you have this. Best of luck to you. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, well, let me ask you this, though. Would you make, when you are, whether or not you are living in the deluded world or mm. freaking out, would your choices be different? Do they inform the choices you make? Those those states, like if you if you're if you're going on about your your daily business. I think if I had found out about it before I had quit my job at the big company, I would not have quit my job at the big company. As you, unhappy as I was, mm-hmm. 
I think I would have stayed there. You were miserable. I was. But it, at the time, it represented holding me back. And now I, have, I would reassess, you know, what holding back versus taking care of me was. And not that my current job isn't taking care of me in a certain way, because it definitely is, but not the same way that a large corporation could. In, in a different way. The, mm-hmm. My current job is much more supportive because they know about everything. Right. You know, and everybody does everything they can to help me out. And nobody's ever questioned for a moment my ability to do stuff that they might have for a stranger. But, and they've told me I always have a home there. Um, Which is lovely. Yes. Uh, but corporation could... Financially support you. Financially support me in a way that I knew that there was a stability there. So, you know, um, I don't think that I would take the same risks. But what you're talking about is the difference between emotional support and financial support. So you think right now, if you could go back in time, you would choose the financial support. Yes, because because I'm panicked about everything else in my life. You know, because I, I... I don't know the answer to anything. I don't know, you know, how bad it's going to get. I don't know how I'm going to do deal with potential jobs in the future. I don't know how I'm going to deal with any of that. But at least I would have one thing that was that I knew was confident that this company was going to be there and it wasn't, you know, going anywhere. Um, and this is one of the larger companies, so I can guarantee you it's not going anywhere anytime soon. If it does, we're in a lot of trouble. Yeah. One of the eight signs of the apocalypse. Yeah. Because <laughs> we've added some. So, uh, yeah, I would do things differently. And that's and that's shitty to even think about, you know? Because I, I feel like I, in my heart, I still want to take all of those chances, you know? Um, I was talking to somebody recently about the way that I live my life when I'm not home. Because when I'm home, I'm silly and ridiculous and immature and that's how i am in my head you know (laughs) um but when i'm out in the world i'm so serious you know i'm so uh like not formal i don't know if that's the right word but like i because i don't feel like i have the opportunity to get things wrong and because i'm i want every time i take that effort to go out i want it to be worthwhile and useful and on purpose um that i end up losing all of that playfulness that i feel is in there you know and and i don't know how to get that back out in the real world you know i don't know how to not look at the real world as it's trying to screw me because because <laughs> because i mean that's what i feel like the rp is an embodiment of you know, even though I know that's ridiculous and I know that it's just psychological bullshit or whatever you want to call it, but the RP feels like the embodiment of the universe fucking with you and just saying, Hey, remember how hard life was that much harder? Go get them. And I don't need that from the universe. I would like the universe to give me hugs and (laughs) tell me everything is wonderful. Um, and you know, God. No, I, well, my question was, do you, 
is that mostly with business related things or do you find yourself doing that with friends as well? Uh, it's mostly with business related things, but I find myself doing it with friends as well. Because with friends, I don't feel like I'm the same person that I was. You know, with friends. Why? Because. They've all been so supportive. And they have. No, I, they totally have. But but I, I don't feel as comfortable when I'm out. And I... And I'm more frequently bummed about the whole RP thing. And I don't want to bring people down. And I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be some sort of, like, bummer. You know? So, I just end up not saying anything. And making myself that much more boring. And then, there I am. You know? But what are you... If you don't mind me going on with the friends, what are you afraid of with them? What are you afraid of... Why are you holding back? Because every time I hang out with your friends or with my friends, they ask me how you're doing. They want details. They want to know. So they're not afraid of the subject. They're not afraid of hearing your feelings. They want to know. But I think it's because I don't, I don't see people outside of the house enough to want to impose that on them. You know, like it's if I only if I'm only going to see somebody once every three weeks or whatever it is. Uh, I don't want that visit to be about how shitty things are going with my vision right now and how bummed out about it I am and, you know, how it got me scared a lot. You know, I want it to be about something positive. But because I, cause I'm not feeling anything positive at the time, mm-hmm. because all I'm thinking about is, you know, all the stupid negative stuff, I just don't say anything. And then I start thinking, oh my God, I'm boring. I'm so boring, but I have nothing to say. So then I just awkwardly sit there. You know, and I let everybody else talk. And then I get jealous and angry about how easy it is for everybody else to talk. And now all of a sudden I'm this boring guy. And I'm not supposed to be the boring guy. I'm supposed to be fun. I'm a good time. You are a good time. Thank you. But I I think, and hopefully this will come with time, but I want to know what's going on with my friends. I want to know if they're going through something bad. I want to know if they're scared. I want to know if there's anything I can do to help them. And maybe that's just listening. And I know your friends. I know the good ones. And I know that they will do that. And they want to know. They'd rather you tell them, I'm going through a dark period right now. I'm having a hard time. I'm I'm not in my little deluded world. I'm in the real world and I'm scared to death. Hold my hand. And they will do that and they'll be happy for that. And then you from there you go on and you can be your silly self because you've you've gotten that out of the way. You've shared it with them and that help they help with the burden. They share that with you. And that's what friends are for. That's what my friends are for. <laughs> and that's what I I am as a friend. I want to know. And I think that will free you up to be the happy fun time guy that you are. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not saying that's something that you can just go out and do. But I think it's something you should consider next time you're with people. I know. I, I, think, it, I think it goes back to sort of the last episode that we did about like wanting... Wanting to be the hero. I don't know if that's the right word, but like not wanting to not wanting to be not wanting to seem weak, you know, because it feels like if when I see them and they say, hey, how's it going? I go, actually, it's going really shitty right now. And I'm bummed about a lot of things and I want to, you know, punch things a lot because it's so freaking unfair. Um, That feels 
Whether or not it is weak or not. You feel weak. I feel weak. And mm-hmm. I and I feel like they're that they're moving forward with their lives and I'm moving backwards. You know that's not true though. I mean it's it's not true for you and it's not true for them because everybody has their own hell to walk through. There's just isn't as evident <laughs> as yours is. Because they can see the hell around them. Yep. I think, and, and it's not like you don't have to lead with, hey, life sucks. Or maybe you do. I don't know. But it, I think holding it in is only going to make you resent everything that much more. Oh, it does. I'm not yes. saying that it doesn't. I'm well, that's what I'm saying. Let it out, dude. <laughs> Release the pressure. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, yeah. No, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not saying yeah, that maybe. you're wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. But you want to. I want to. No, you're right. It's not as easy to do as it is, as it sounds. I know. I know for me, though, when I'm um, when I'm not feeling very good, and if it's for a long period of time, it I always feel so much better when I finally can say it to somebody. And oftentimes they don't look at me like I'm crazy, like I <laughs> thought that they would. And I just feel so much better because I've, I've let it out, you know? I, I don't mean to sound like Dr. Phil or anything like that, but I, I'm just saying, I know you want to be the hero, and to me, you are a hero, but heroes also need help. They also have to rely on other people. They can't do it all by themselves. I know. And I... But I don't want to. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> uh, right, no, but I mean, you know. Ooh, sorry about that. But you don't like you don't want to give into it too much either so no i mean you're not gonna go and move in so, with your best friend i'm just saying give a little they want it and they, they'll they give back to you but then how do i deal with that in the workplace i, I, I I've, if i've okay. got a solution for dealing with it in in a social setting mm-hmm. how do i how do i deal with it working well First off, does anybody need to know other than your coworkers? No, they don't. But it's just getting a question of how much more, how much longer can Can they not know? Mm -hmm. You know, because when it comes down to it, like a lot of times things that I do involve working in dark situations or very busy, crazy, there's stuff all over the place type situations that I have to just like pretend is totally normal. Well, I think um, one of the things you did when I worked with you um, in one of those dark places with lots of things on the floor, you had someone assigned to you, someone that would be a, a production assistant that was going to be with you anyway, mm-hmm. because you, you need one as as one of the head guys. And they know. They're like, you know what? I have a hard time seeing in the dark, if you don't mind helping guide me through the treacherous backstage, because <laughs> it was. <laughs> there was a lot of yeah. booby traps. And you, I think that's where you start telling people on a as-needed, need-to-know basis, mm. as they say. And that's how you do it. And you're like, you know, I, I have uh, night vision issues, and that's it. That's all they need to know. I think you take that one a step at a time. It's not something that you have to broadcast if you don't want to, because it sounds like you don't want to. No. And, and I mean, you, you and you, you feel you like can't. it, yeah, you feel like it will yeah. hinder your ability to get jobs. Yeah. 
I'm not no, but saying I mean, these I, are... But I worry that it will hinder... I mean, as I progress, whether you're talking about work or social or whatever, um, I worry that it will hinder my ability to do anything. Because, you know, I also think about, like, okay, so maybe I need to, you know, stop working at 50. You know, because I hit that point in, at 50 where I just can't do anything anymore. Um, I'd like to clarify that you won't this this arbitrary age and not you're saying that you're not able to do what you're doing right now right. that doesn't mean you're not able to do anything right so okay okay so let's sure say clear. you know let's say at 50 okay i can't work in a way that i am comfortable with okay um it, i feel like it's not only losing that but it's also like i can't you know i think about like how much you like to travel you know and you want to go all these places. And as it is, I just want to sit in one place that I'm comfortable with. The thought of going someplace that I've never been before scares the hell out of me. And I know that you can go places on your own without me. But that's not how I pictured it. You know? But no, I know I'm not a huge traveler. <laughs> I, but you know what I mean. I know. You know? I, I, I didn't picture a world where you were going to have to go off on adventures and I was going to be stuck someplace. And that I knew that you would want to do the adventures more than I would. But I feel like I'm not living up to my duty, you know, because I still would have gone on them. I might not have enjoyed them all, but I still would have gone on them just so I could see how much you enjoy them. Because even if I'm going there and I'm miserable, knowing that you're having a good time makes me happier. But there's a, a limit to that I guess <laughs> just in the sense of like if I'm really super duper crazy miserable then I might not be as open well I I think actually and you can correct me if I'm wrong please do I know you will you usually do I I think what it is now with the travel you never wanted to travel I know that I knew that coming into this and I knew if I wanted to go places I'd either have to drag you or go with someone else and I think what it is now is that before it was, you could choose not to go. You could go, but you're like, I don't want to go. And now you feel like you can't go. Like there's no choice in the matter. Yeah. And I think that's the difference. You don't actually want to go in these trips. No, but you <laughs> know, know what I mean. I know that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I understand that, but I don't know, dude. There, I'm just saying there's that whole like back half of the life. You know, where you're supposed to be able to just coast. You know, that's the beauty of of over 50. <laughs> uh, things get easier. You get more time to just sort of enjoy, you know. And knowing that, like, things are actually going to get a lot harder at 50 just seems like a double dick move. Like, everything's harder now. And then once you had that point where you're sp things were supposed to be awesome you're really just going to be alone you know like all your friends are going to go off doing stuff you know the the five that you were still kept in contact with um you know they're not gonna like they're not gonna want to deal with that how yeah. do you know that you don't know that don't no, but it don't feels like it it feels like that now i understand but you don't know and I, 
I don't know. We no, okay. Neither of us know. No one knows what's going to happen in twenty some odd years. We have no idea. You could have the same level of sight that you have now. We could be run amok by midgets, and they could make everybody have to walk, you know, on their hands and knees. Wait, I don't you know. Call, you calling midget evil? No. I. <laughs> no. <laughs> Work with me here. Okay, outer space midgets is what you're saying. Yeah, that's what I meant. Aliens. So. <laughs> Which really, the, they were their, that's their normal size. To call, that, that is. To call them midgets. Well, so. compared to us, they are. So maybe they we'd have to walk on our hands and knees so that they won't have an f- inferiority complex because of our height. Okay. Our towering height. I don't know where you're going with this now. I know. I've, I've lost it now. My point is, I believe, is that we don't know what's going to happen. So to worry about something that hasn't happened yet, like when I asked you way back when, would you still love me if I got AIDS? You yes. <laughs> It's, it's the same it's very similar yeah. for those we <laughs> were we were dating for i'd say about two years um and um yeah and we were in a bar and it was <laughs> like one o'clock in the morning and he just casually turned get, looked over at me and said hey would you still be with me if i had aids and i was like i i don't know i, I i'm not I, I don't know. Um, and then you were ready to break up right there and then because because um, I was not committed to you enough. <laughs> and, you know, and I was like, well, there are, there are circumstances. <laughs> How did you get the AIDS? Yes. How long have you had it? Yeah, because that, that, those things are all relevant. Because um, only blood transfusion makes it okay. Um, you know, assuming you've gotten it like that week. Right. Um yeah, so there was that question that I was like, that you asked as a joke, like a year or two. No, I, I was actually semi-serious about it. Yeah. I wasn't joking. Okay. I well. was like a what if. But, and I'm not, I'm not trying to say that AIDS and going blind are the same thing. But no. the idea is, I asked you something that has a very little chance of happening or could happen. It doesn't matter. We don't know if it's going to happen. Right. We don't know if you're going to go completely black. You don't know if I'm going to get AIDS from a blood transfusion. I do donate a lot of blood. I'm a good Samaritan. But the thing is, perhaps worrying about that isn't very constructive. So I was right. I admitted that a long time ago. You won. You won that one, okay? Okay. You've got a point on the board with a gold star next to it. So perhaps not worrying about what you think your friends are going to do. I'm trying to get a point after I got a point. No, no, I got a point now. Okay. I have more points than you anyway, so it doesn't matter. Point being, if you let me finish this, Sorry. is that you don't know what's going to happen. So don't don't put thoughts in people's heads, like your friends. Don't put thoughts in employers' heads. I think that you need to deal with what's happening now, and you take it a step at a time. And if you're really worried about 50, and you, you truly believe you're not going to be able to work from 50 on, mm-hmm. then let's start saving every single penny. Let's start investing. Let's start planning for that let's do something constructive with it rather than just being mad at it i do save money i, I eat rice for dinner every day i know you're a monk i am practically but that's what i'm saying is that if you're really really worried about something like that it's something that we could do you're worried about the financial status of your 50s and beyond well then let's plan for that okay i'm really hoping to win the lottery all right do you play the lottery no yeah. See, there's your first step then. 
Yeah. Go buy a ticket. <laughs> I mean, I think mathematically, I have about as good of a chance as happening upon a lottery ticket as I do of winning the lottery. So you're just going to look yeah, for I, Yeah, I'm playing the lotto by hoping to just find a ticket. That's a winner. That's a winner. So I think the odds change at that point. I, I don't think statistically significantly. I also think we're digressing here. Perhaps. And I, right. I'm not I'm not trying to fix things. I mean, maybe I am. And I, I probably shouldn't. But that's what I do. No, I, I mean, I appreciate it. I just think you have to remember that you have a circle of people that have been awesome. I'm not talking about me, but no, I mean your you, friends you are, and your you family. Them. And I want to say thank you, everybody. You are. And um, as we, I think we're, we've about reached the end of our episode. But as we yeah, go, a little long. as we go to the end of the episode, um, just a couple of little notes. Um, a, thank you for everybody who's already reached out. I've gotten a bunch of emails from people, uh, and they've all been super supportive. And uh, you know, thank you uh, for that. And uh, and I specifically say it because as part of the you know this RP list, um, I hear a lot of stories about people who whose families aren't supportive. Uh, and I may share some of those in the future with permission from those people. But it's, you know, I I just want to say to all the people who are part of that group, a lot of my friends and my family and all that, um, thank you. Because you almost like, you don't realize how, I mean, how other some other people have it, you know? Like you just think that if something bad happens, people will be there for you. And to a certain degree, sometimes you can take it for granted. Um, and hearing the stories about people whose families have essentially turned their back on them uh, for something they have no control over that they got from their families. Right. <laughs> um, specifically, it uh, it seems so horrific, but there are people out there who are dealing with it. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. Uh, and I just really appreciate that all my people that I care about have made me not one of those. Um, They've been great. Yeah. Everybody's been awesome. Um, and if you are one of those people, I'd like to hear about your story. Uh, and I'd like, you know, to talk about it and, you know, share it with other people because I think it's good to know the full realm of what people are going through. Yeah. And we can do it all anonymously. So. Yeah. Uh, so if you have something you'd like to share, please uh, send us an email. There's a contact form. Uh, I think info at com is our email or sucks at gmail would also work. Um, and we have a Google voice number that I don't have written down. Uh, but uh, one day <laughs> I'll remember it. Uh, so anyway, uh, thank you all for listening and we'll speak to you again soon.